Hello and welcome back to Making Same Podcast. I'm really sorry, I've not been active all the last couple of weeks, so I'm moving flat. So I finally moved in on Tuesday and I've been in my girlfriend's flat and then a family home and I've been so back and forward over the last two weeks. I've not really been then settled to kind of had the time to kind of edit the podcast. I'm super excited this week. I'm joined by the founders of Food Llama and I think a lot of people will be aware of Food Llama. They've kind of sponsored the podcast, which I'm so grateful for. And basically it's like a Chrome extension where you do your kind of food groceries online and it kind of tells you if you can have it or not. But it's great to kind of get the founders on the podcast to kind of talk about their story. I'm always really intrigued to find out like people's stories and kind of journey have got to where they are today. And obviously it's fascinating to find out how kind of Dami and Santiago met. I'm really kind of like delving deep from Santiago kind of talking about how he's selling watches when he was like 14. Um, having the idea behind Food Llama when he's in high school and how that kind of experience come about from his kind of upbringing with his family and then from kind of Dami's point of view obviously he lived in Nigeria for most of his life and kind of the different businesses he set up there and then how they both kind of met online yeah it's just really interesting I hope you guys enjoy the podcast if you do make sure to leave me a view on iTunes and yeah make sure to check out Food Llama I've been using it when doing my food shopping online at Asda and it's also available on Tesco too so yeah that only come out this week so yeah if you do your food shopping online at either Asda or Tesco make sure to check out Food Llama and, and tag me as well if you do use the product so let me know what you think and be great to kind of hear your feedback so yeah make sure to check out grab yourself a cup of tea let's get to the podcast welcome back to another episode of Make a Saying So Joy by Dami and Santiago, the founders of Food Llama, and I think a lot of people now will be aware of Food Llama by having them on the podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you both? Thanks, Dan. I mean, I'm super excited to be on, on May Contain, and I'm just excited to talk about Food Llama. It's, you know, it, it's really exciting stuff and happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's great to obviously kind of find out more of the kind of story kind of behind it, but also more about yourselves as well. So I mean, how did you guys both meet? Like? Yeah, <clears throat> I think um, the best way to, and, and thanks for, for inviting us to be on this episode of uh, May contain. Uh, I think the best way to talk about how we met is Santiago has always had this idea for, and I think he will talk to talk about his personal story about yeah. how he came to start start working on Food Llama, and he was looking for a co-founder. Um, signed up on the platform, and interestingly, that was at, was at that point I also was looking for a co-founder because I was migrating to the UK, awesome. um, and we both connected and sized each other up. Think of it like yeah, like yeah, dating. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought it was an interesting Usually opportunity. Usually straight away, when you meet someone, you have that gut feeling. You've got to have yeah. the initial connection. Yeah. 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 And we thought, I, I particularly thought this was an exciting opportunity. Um, more so because I, I used to work in food manufacturing. I used to work at Nestle. And it kind of gave me a lens of how, if we were to solve this problem, how exciting it would be, how, how great mm. the opportunity yeah. would be. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the backstory. Yeah. yeah. And then did you work on a, was it Start Hawk as well at Red? That, Can we that's talk it. a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah because... It's it's pretty difficult to find a co-founder normally because yeah. either you're how do you sort go about of, so that? it was it was sort of a long process for me and I I was trying to go around and I was thinking you know how can I best do this it's either you find someone in your network but I didn't really know how else to do it you know I'm sort of a first time founder yeah. and it was pretty difficult to go about it um, but after a while I I was just sort of googling and I stumbled across this site called Starthawk. And it, it's basically online dating, but for co-founders. Oh, really? You know, you got you got the picture, you got the little bio. Yeah. You know, whether they want to join a startup or whether they've got an idea. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of connect with people, and you you have a chat with them. You tell them about your startup. You know, you get to learn a little bit more about them. So, so it yeah. sort of is speed dating, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember like Bumble did that once, yeah. where like they did it where you could like meet like friends. It was really weird, but then I think they turned it on to like meet like people with yeah. business all the yeah, same yeah, field. Yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting, like. So I was going to say, in regards to then, 
obviously you, you met on the platform like what what was the next step did you have the initial idea when was it in high school was you only like 14 at the time yeah i mean i guess i guess the best way for me to go into this is sort of for me to talk about my my history with yeah. allergies intolerances i mean when i was a when i was a toddler i had pretty bad eczema and um you know my, my mum didn't really know what to do about it and she took me to a dermatologist who essentially told her that I'd be stuck with this eczema for life. And of course, as, as a mother, that's something you never want to hear. Yeah. You know, what, what do you do? And I think she decided to sort of ignore that advice. And she thought maybe it's something to do with the food he's eating. Yeah. And through a process of elimination, she, she learned eventually that I was intolerant to corn. And what's pretty difficult about corn is it comes in so many different derivatives and varieties. I'm so constantly checking like, the packaging. Exactly, yeah, it's, in, yeah, it's yeah. in glucose syrup, fructose syrup, corn flour. Yeah. And you know, it, it comes about in, in all different shapes and, and forms. It comes in even baby milk formula, yeah. which was you know, one of the triggers for me and, and toothpaste. And you know, I'm also allergic to nuts. My mum is vegan. My brother's gluten-free. Are you anaphylactic? I'm, I'm luckily, yeah. I'm not yeah. anaphylactic, but you know, I do have yeah. sort of a, a proper allergy to nuts. And it was just always quite difficult for us yeah. because we'd always have the same food. I, I think I realized one day that we only ever had the same food because nobody knew what to get. Yeah. It was easier to stick with what you knew than to explore. You do as well. I find that definitely having like a food allergy, I, I was sort of mine's like peanuts and tree nuts. Like yeah. You just stick to the same food. Like, so I do when I was to shop like every month and you don't really mix up kind of the food because yeah. you just know like, oh, I'm safe with. You, you know, yeah. you, you find the food you're safe with and you realize, you know, when you want to try and find new food, say, say you want to find a cake, yeah. you're going to spend half an hour going through all the cakes, you know, going through the ingredients, yeah. then ingredient number 30, you're like, oh no, there's something I can't have. So you stick with what you know, and you're never really able to explore. Yeah. And that's the problem I, I saw. And that's the problem I thought, age 14, I, I wanted to do something about. Yeah. So mad you're so young as well, you had that connection. I mean, is. Damn it, have, you, have your wife got allergies as well, you were saying before the podcast? So, well, I think that's one of the interesting things that when Santiago reached out, uh, I make this joke always that I, I eat all kinds of food. And particularly as an African myself, uh, when growing up, even if you had allergic reaction to food, it was most likely that your parents would be like, well, you just don't want to eat that food. It, yeah. it's not, you've not got any reactions to it. Mm. So it was quite new for me to learn a lot more about allergies. And then we moved to the UK, myself and my wife, and Voila, my wife has a severe reaction to fish. Yeah. And I think that was the first time I saw how bad it was because it was, it was, it was really bad. It was really bad. It was four hours of nightmare. And this was the, this was the thing that I also mm. I've come to appreciate. Because when people think about allergies, they think about it from the point of view of something you, when you're younger, you have it. And then, but my wife has eaten all kinds of fish up until this point. Yeah. And then she ate this particular fish I'd always eaten and had this terrible reaction. Her face kind of exploded, literally. It was bad. Mm. So, I mean, that's the journey for me now. And it's kind of strengthened my, my resolve for the opportunity that Food Lama is going after, which is yeah. helping people discover food easily based on their preferences, right? Yeah. And I was, I was going to talk a bit about more about kind of yourselves and kind of being entrepreneurs. Did you always think you was going to set up your own business or... I mean, you had this idea at 14, so I imagine yeah. that it was always on the back burner or always on the back of your mind. Yeah, I mean, I've always been quite quite business-minded and you know, I've always loved entrepreneurship. Actually, what I, what I sort of started off uh, doing is when I was, when I was 11, um, I collected all of my pocket money, all of my birthday money from the last, you know, like six, seven years. Yeah. And I decided um, I was going to spend all of that money 
put it all in one lump. I was going to spend it all on on a on a vintage watch, and I was sort of going to feel like an adult with a vintage watch. Yeah. And I bought this, you know, Omega on on eBay. Still got the watch. Well, I <laughs> when I when I received it, I realized that it was actually worth a lot more than I paid for it. And this was a you know special Omega from the 1960s, and it was actually worth four or five times what I paid for it. Oh, wow. And I ended up selling it through an auction house yeah. and realizing, you know what, this is quite fun. Yeah. So I learned a lot about vintage watches uh, in the process, but I sort of started a vintage watch arbitrage business, buying you know relatively cheap on eBay, yeah. you know restoring them, researching them, presenting them in a in a great light, and then and then selling them on. That's mad at such a young age as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've re I've reached a problem now, which is I'm start much, I'm yeah. starting to buy them, yeah. and when I I'm actually quite liking them, yeah, so I can't yeah, get rid of them. Got like an attachment yeah, to yeah. them now. I like, can't exactly. sell them now. I need to keep it. Like, <laughs> I've still got quite a few watches now. Then. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. So I sort of maybe for every three I buy, I'll sell two and then keep one. Yeah. So I still make a little bit, but you know, I get yeah. to I get to hold on to the ones I really like. Yeah, that's mad. And then obviously you studied in Nigeria. And you did, is it chemical engineering? Yeah, yeah, I did chemical engineering. I thought, it was, I thought it was so fascinating when I was like reading about both yourselves. And I mean, you like yourself, um, Demi, like you've had like quite a few kind of businesses and, and I think one of them was like helping creators. How did you go about creating a platform to help creators? Like? Yeah, <clears throat> so yeah, you're spot on in terms of, uh, I did study chemical engineering in Nigeria and I went on to work in the food manufacturing space. But I got bored one day and I was like, well, I wanted more out of this than mm. manufacturing as an engineer. Yeah. So I moved into advertising. I think I was telling you earlier on, I worked in yeah. advertising for a bit. How was that? Because was I worked in advertising, uh, I found it like so <laughs> stressful. I was like yeah. working like all the hours in the world. Yeah, it's like, I like, it's, yeah, it's advertising crazy. for me is like, what is as stressful as what management consultancy firms are for young yeah. people, right? So you, I think it builds you up in terms of the, the, the your skill sets, but it's really stressful. You work... Yeah, no respect for anything around 40 hours. You, you work 80 hours a week. It's, it's, it can be, it can be, but it was also fun because I, I, I don't think I had as much commitment. I, I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. But, uh, definitely got a family in. Yeah. yeah and, and it was also the fact that every day it was just at some point, I haven't done it for a bit. You start to get bored. Like, yeah, it's new brands, but same challenge. Yeah. Mm, yeah you start to get bored. So I did that. And because I was working with a lot of creatives, I thought, well, there was opportunity for these creatives to actually monetize beyond working advertising agencies like ours. So that led me to, uh, to launch the platform. It was, it was a very simple platform. It was a platform for dropshipping, for creatives, monetize their assets on things like drinkware and apparel. Um, did that for a couple of... Did you do of, that yourself? Yeah. So I had, I had, I had two other co-founders uh, while building that. Um, and it, it panned out well. It, it did very well. While doing that, I got into what Jack Ma launched for African entrepreneurs there. Well, it was called Alibaba eFounder Fellowship. And it was spending some time in China. Now, China is a different monster oh, when yeah. it comes to... It's a different monster. In what, in what way? Like? So the way I like to think about it is that in, in the UK, for instance, technology is like, is like supplementary, right? It's, it's like dessert. In, the, in China, technology is lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everything is... I mean, I was just impressed. Sharing umbrellas. Umbrellas that you unlock with QR code at one point, and then you get to the next point. You unlock... You unlock it, 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 was just, it was just interesting seeing that phenomenal um, um, use of technology. Mm. And more importantly, it was also 
the kinds of companies or the scale of companies that have been built in that space in the U in, in China. I think for me, that was the first time I really thought about building global companies, which is what led me to deciding to migrate to the UK. To the UK yeah. um, how how old was you when you migrated to the UK? Um, just last year. Just last yeah. year. Oh, really? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I've just spent 16 months yeah. in the UK. Um, yeah, so I just I mean, migrated I, last year. I found, I found... We're know, still in, I was still in Nigeria when we connected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's mad. Yeah, he yeah. rang me up and he's like, look, I'm coming next month. Yeah. Did, did you move to the UK because of food drama then? No. Oh, no, no. I was already moving to the UK, yeah. but because I was moving, I was like, I want to come and build stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. hey... Um, let me let me find out what's out there in the universe. So I signed up on StartArc and I found Santiago found me. Not it was yeah. one. Who, yeah, yeah, it was me. <laughs> yeah. who found me, and I think it was really interesting because I found the, a couple of other people who reached out. It was either the problem was too small, or I was not excited about. It. It's yeah, pretty much yeah, dating. Yeah. Like you just get all those gut checks, and you're like, oh, yeah, not be excited about yeah, yeah, the opportunity. Exactly. You got to really feel it. Oh, yeah. 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 And I thought it was, I thought it was, it was, it was something spectacular. And so when I jumped in, I was like, oh, let's go build this. I mean, I think one of the things I've, I've built a muscle for is that it either works or it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Um, but you get, you, you just got to try. You try, mm -hmm. try stuff. And we're still on that journey. I, I think we're, we're, we're far, we're far, <laughs> we're far off from where we started, yeah. but we're still far off from where we're going, right? Yeah. So that's the way we think about it. Yeah. yeah. And I know you recently, just for a podcast, we spoke about, is it the Google Black Founder Fund? Can we yeah. talk a little bit about that and how that kind of comes out? That was, that's some, oh, that's really exciting. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's some super exciting yeah. stuff. Um, no, maybe I should allow Santiago, do you want to talk about, about, about it before I talk about it from, from being a Black Founder, but how excited we are about, about yeah, just getting Yeah, absolutely. Into that. So, a few months back, um, we applied for the, the Google, Google Startups Black Founders Fund. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fund that provides you know, investment from Google. Yeah. Uh, it provides Google ads, credits, you know, all of the support, yeah. the, the best of people, products and services that Google yeah. has to offer yeah. to allow, you know, great startups to sort of thrive yeah. and to help scale them up. And, um, you know, just a, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I got a call from Damilara <laughs> and he, he tricked me actually. <laughs> He said, yeah. yeah, you know, we, we heard back from Google, you know, didn't, didn't pan out. And I, I was there and I was like, oh, you know, don't. And, and then yeah. three seconds later, he said, got you. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I had to because, yeah. no, I had to because. Can't give it away. Yeah. Right? No, no, so it, it was very easy. The Google team also punked me, right? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so the Google team said, so after, after having gone through the process, the Google team said, we like speaking to you. But you need to come. You need to get on this call for a fifteen-minute question. Yeah. We've got a lot of questions we need to ask you for the mm. selection committee to decide. Yeah. So me thinking, I had gone through this process. And yeah. where we should be. Yeah, I was like, what, what? What questions? Would so what more? I, I did a lot of. I was, <laughs> so when I got on the call, the, the guy, the, the one of the the, the 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 Google team members was saying, "Oh, how's the weather?" I'm like, "Can you just get straight to the question?" Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, uh, you got seen." I'm like, "Oh yeah. shit!" <laughs> so I'm like, "No, no, no! I can't bear this brunt alone. I have to. I have to." I know, I think, I How think many people get in the fund then? Is it just like a selected... So I think it was like 800 companies applied and then yeah. 40 or so. Or yeah, so then maybe. 120 yeah. did interviews and then 40, oh, wow. 40 yeah, made it, it through. Few, and it's yeah. across, across Europe. But so. it's, it's, it's a hugely, hugely exciting opportunity for us because yeah. as a Chrome extension, yeah. well, we largely work off of Chrome. Yeah. We largely work off of Google. So to have the, the backing, the support of Google is something yeah. that's, that's really exciting for us and should really allow us to, to scale a lot too. Yeah. And I imagine it's just like trying to market and get people to like, have you done quite a lot of marketing? Obviously, 
obviously you sponsor making saying which <laughs> I appreciate and it obviously it's great yeah. kind of work aside you because obviously we're always like speaking on emails yeah, right. like um so yeah in regards uh, to, like marketing have you worked with many other like kind of influencers or in terms of marketing so and getting people just work? starting now yeah. just starting so the way we're opportunities is is very clear right mm -hmm. with we think in this space trust is very important right yeah, so yeah. so it's it's that approach we've also taken like we can't be building food llama and not be involved in make content right yeah. it's it's quite it will be contradictory right so we think that beyond just building a product whether you use the product or not it's also showing that we've got a pain point that santiago connects with i now connect with mm. and so it's not just a pain point that we think is a business opportunity it's a pain point we've both got and they think that if we can solve this we can change the lives yeah. of me, for, for many for a lot of people yeah. um so the way we have approached it is starting small incrementally we're starting to work with a lot more what you call nano micro influencers yeah and getting, are they like less than is it ten thousand or five thousand? So we, we've got different, that. we've got yeah. different ways we define it because we also we also try to look for not just engagement. We're also seeing relevance, right? Mm. Is it you might you might have, you might have hundred thousand users but yeah. or followers, but that might not be the sweet spot for us just because yeah. of the levels of engagement, the interactions. Are they are they the users we're actually? You find for? you find I think you find as well with the smaller. I mean, allergies is quite niche, but in general, usually like the smaller kind of like like you said, these nano influencers. Have a much uh, stronger connection with their yeah, audience, absolutely. and like, yeah, and you know, and that's so important to kind of build that relationship. And for me, I'm always thinking like I want to put my, my most authentic self first, but also not lose that trust as well. Because like, you know, I mean, the last thing I want is to say I'll get this for the sake of getting it, and then lose that trust. So I think yeah, it's so important. Yeah. The other thing we're doing, and that has worked very well. I, I think that again, that's how we found mm. me contain. It's just getting active in online communities. So whether it's yeah. Facebook groups, Reddit, absolutely, we're just getting there and just saying, "Hey, we've got this. This is what we're trying to do." Because we we, we think that that authentic story, just like what yeah. you said, is yeah. what connects, right? Hundred percent, yeah. And I think people people know as well when it isn't authentic, like it's not coming from the right place, and people are just saying it. And you can tell when people get paid to do something and they're just saying it like wiping my teeth or whatever or putting charcoal on the teeth or you know you just know like people are just doing it for the sake of it and like that's the last thing when you've built like such a strong community and odd not odd, i see it as a community you don't i don't personally see it as an audience but like when you've got that relationship the last thing you want is to harness that or ruin it and yeah i think it's so important that's yeah i mean you know we just we've built a product we're really passionate about because it's a prop it's, it's a product that, that solves problems that we have yeah and you know, a product that solves problems that so many around me and so many around you know Damilara have have as well. So it's a product we know can have huge impact, and we just, I think we're just really passionate. Yeah. We we want to get it out. And I think like obviously since using Foodline, it's so easy to like distinguish what you can have or not, and even like it gives you like alternative options, which is great. I mean, I, I guess I better you know describe Foodlama a little bit, yeah, you know, was, for for, yeah. for the audience and for everyone listening. So Foodlama is a browser extension, a little bit like. Honey or Grammarly, and, and when you're when you're on your computer, when you're on Google, and doing your online grocery shop, you tell us you and your family's food preferences. So you could be gluten free, you know, someone else in your household could be vegan or avoiding palm oil, whatever it is, whatever combination you have, we can deal with it. And when you go onto your favorite grocer site, you know, say it be ASDA, when you scroll through ASDA without having to click on the products, you can immediately see what you and your family can or can't have. There'll be a green tick or a red tick. The, the, the red, sorry, red cross. And the red cross indicates that you can't have the product. The green tick indicates you can. So without having to click on products, you can scroll through and immediately see what fits your preferences. And there's a whole discovery section as well. We know that, you know, someone in your family is dairy-free and you're vegan and someone else can't have nuts. 
And previously, it was pretty difficult for you to find an ice cream. But now, knowing your food preferences, we can say there's a brand new, highly recommended ice cream that, you know, it's got five out of five stars. It's, it's a good price and it's highly recommended and everyone in your family can have it. How about you try this? I was going to ask as well, obviously, like, you obviously set up Food Lamb, you had the idea when you was quite young and then yeah. to, to even like to start it now, I think a lot of people have these ideas, but they don't know how to kind of take that first step. What was that kind of first step for you to kind of start? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty difficult because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm quite a young founder yeah. and whenever I went out to people and, you know, told them about the idea, I kept on being told, do it after college, wait until you're done with university, just wait, just wait. And I think, I think that's wrong. I think if you've got an idea, you need to take the plunge and you need to just go for it. You've got the drive and, you know, something else could come out in the future. But if you don't try, you can never I think you probably you start overthinking it as well. If I, you do, if you, you do. keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, yeah. And, you know, you'll, you'll always look back and think, I could have done that. I should have done that. But if yeah. you go for it. Was you worried about like your, your age? Like you said, you was, you was like 18 and, and whether that was going to get in the way in terms of like finding and you get people on board or kind of find investors. Yeah, I mean, I think how I always started off with it is, you know, you end up finding people who back people rather than looking at the number. And, you know, of course, that's what I, that's what I found with, with Dami too. You know, you talk about your story, you talk about your experience, you talk about your passion and the right people see through the number, they see through the age and they, they know that regardless of the age they found, they found you know someone yeah your age shouldn't like stop you like you've got an idea yeah. and like you've got like you say the right vision or you've got the right passion then people are going to kind of absolutely and, and i think that that was one of the that was one of the excitement that even our early backers saw because when we got this question of well Santiago is very young we're like well think about some of the youngest tech, some of the tech people yeah. that yeah. billions yeah. of people use their products Mark well, think about yeah, yeah. I, I, 19 years so old so we used to make this joke yeah. we're like well maybe i'm the steve wozniak and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I need the bill gates that that, that yeah, kind yeah. of uh, that kind of relationship thing that it works it works perfectly yeah it works yeah. well yeah yeah. 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 yeah i think that's the main thing it's like because if you're working together like all the time you need to make sure that like even between you, like, yeah, you get on and like, yeah, you've, you've, you all. Yeah, which is why here. you go through sort of the startup dating process. Yeah, you find the co-founder. I've have to, to check that start hot. Yeah, start that, yeah. great platform. And it was actually the first platform. It was the only platform I found. Yeah, the, the I found a few others, that. but I think, um, yeah, it was. Well, like for Tinder. A, it was a good thing that for anyone yeah. for co-founders. This yeah. free for anyone who's for anyone who's who's out there and who wants to start a business, who wants to find a co-founder and doesn't know how to. You know, free publicity for them, but try out Starthawk. It's it's really helpful. I was going to ask, was it quite hard to find investors? Like, sort of leveraging. Well, for, for us, it was it was leveraging our network. You know, reaching out to people with cold emails, and you know, trying to trying to find people who our connections knew, yeah. and getting introductions. So don't don't be dissuaded by that. You know, you can always you can always find people who someone else knows, yeah. who someone else wants to introduce you yeah. to. I, th I think the other point I wanted to add, which to this point you said was. Some of our back, some of our investors were brought onto the deal because of an invest of an investor that was within our network. So they were second degree networks, third degree networks. Yeah. We probably would never have gotten access to them. We got introductions. But the moment yeah. they were convinced, they were like, "Okay, this sounds like something exciting. I'll tell someone about it." And yeah. when when someone invests, uh, this is me just like no, no. But when someone invests into yeah. the company, they own a percentage. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Either they own a percentage now, or they they get a promise of owning a percentage in the future. Yeah, right? you've got different instruments for that. Um, but they do. So you set up like a kind of model and be like, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, and then you have team members that can be vesting structures. So, you know, you'll own 10%, but you'll you'll get a fraction of that 
for the amount. It's like, you know, it'll vest over five years. So every year you'll get, you know, 2%. And at the minute, is it just you two? Well, it's us and then a team of 12 full time. Oh, I didn't know that. It's yeah. so funny. I didn't think about that. I always thought it was just like, yeah, you two just no. like, yeah, that, yeah, might, yeah, that yeah, might just like a, in a garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got yeah. 12 people. We yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing that. Yeah. I mean, the technology behind it, how, how do you go about it? Because obviously like it scans the whole page and it goes through all the, because you might say it not, it might not contain nuts, but then it might have the may contain labeling in it. Was it quite tricky getting past that? So it's like super clear that the technology gets it right each time. Right? So I think I think the way we think about the technology is right now, what what are the legal um, um, restrictions that are possible? So allergens in the U, in EU, for instance, or in the UK, you've got fourteen real allergies that are flagged, right? But a lot of people even have preferences or allergies or intolerances that are broader than that. Yeah. Right? So that's the first constriction, which is how do you see food, read food, scan food, and be able to infer what mm. goes into that food. Yeah. The second thing is something that Santiago eat on, which is around derivatives, right? Yeah. Sometimes when you pick up a product, it's not immediately clear what exactly the ingredients in yeah. that thing, the ingredients that um, you are not familiar with contain. It's, or it's, it's up hidden up. behind confusing It's hidden names. behind very confusing exactly. ones. So that's the second thing. But there's also a third thing, which is something you hit on. Yeah. And that for us is, is it's, it's work in progress. I won't mm. say that we've solved it completely. Which is that because of what you call precautionary allergen label labeling, yeah. pal? If you brands, I don't say all brands. If you brands just slap me contain on product, everything just just oh, legalize. You it. I mean, you brands, do, you'll yeah. know yeah. with the nuts, right? <laughs> just, you know? yeah, just, just do keep, it. Just keep, just keep their backs. Yeah, like, you'll, you'll, you'll yeah. pick up like a bread roll and they'll say yeah. make contain nuts. Annoying, you're like, oh, not right, sure about I'm that. Sure, it's fine. <laughs> and the challenge is this is the challenge. The challenge is it's even worse when it says if you pick up some products, you will see it says free from. Yeah, then may contain. So as, if, as, as someone who is doesn't make any sense sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because when you're encountering that kind of product for the first time, you're figuring out exactly what are, what are you telling me? Are you yeah. telling me it's free from or it's may contain? Exactly. And that for us is actually very important because you as Daniel would see a product and you'd be like, well, it says may contain, but I know it doesn't really contain. Yeah. It's safe. And so the, the other layer that we're currently building is the layer around community, right? Yeah. Aggregating data from the community and being able to use that to drive how we make recommendations yeah. to, to users. So it's not just, oh, the product says it may contain. Do the people like you say that it's actually free from? If it does, then yeah. we kind of unlock this world of food and make it free for you, give you the freedom that brands kind of like kind of restrict you. So in terms yeah. of like the technology, there's a lot that is going on there. Yeah, yeah. We are reading what is on the page. Um, there's a few. Can imagine there's a lot, yeah, which kind of like goes into it. And I mean, obviously at the minute, it's like a beta version. I know like you, you kind of launch in Asda. I mean, what's the kind of scope plan? Do you want to get it in all the different supermarkets? One thing that kind of come to mind was like, why are supermarkets not doing this anyway? And that the fact like, like yourself had to kind of build this technology, like it's crazy to think that the supermarkets are kind of like... I mean, I think supermarkets are sort of the, the incumbents and they've yeah. got a system which works for them and they're quite happy with it working for them. Yeah. And, you know, what supermarkets really do is you buy the food, they deliver the food. Yeah. They don't really need to have that much around it. And, and yeah. the, the burden of having to find products sort of falls on the consumer. Yeah. And I think one thing you'll see is if you, you know, people normally shop in households or, you know, people shop yeah. by themselves. But also if you're in a household, people shop for the household. Or if you're in a flat share, you know, you'll shop for yourself and for your mates. Yeah. And, you know, these major grocers, they've got the recommendation engines. And when you go onto the homepage, you'll see recommended products for you. Yeah. But they don't understand that you've got multiple people in your household. So if you've got anyone in your household who's got a food preference, who's vegan, who, who you know, is trying to avoid dairy, 
the recommendations completely jumbled because they're made for someone who's got, I mean, the assumption is that everyone's got a complete mix of allergies and tolerances, preferences. And um, yeah, and I remember reading yeah. as well, like your, your, when you was growing up as well, you were saying like, there's so many different dietary requirements. Like you said, like, so your mum's like vegan or like, exactly. and it was it really tricky then trying to kind of manage all that. I mean, I, I remember, you know, how much of a pain it was when I went to my grandparents yeah. and, you know, we'd have a, a Christmas dinner and how much of a pain it was for them to try and find food for us. Yeah. Um, because, you know, my, my, my aunt is also gluten-free. I come from a household that's got lots of, you know, allergies and tolerances, but also preferences. And I think that's, that's one thing that's being missed as well. Now there are so many people who are wanting to avoid, you know, d different products. Palm oil is, is really quite terrible for the, for the environment and cutting down all these palm trees. And lots of people now also want to avoid palm oil. Yeah. And that's something that's hard to do if you're doing it yourself. But, you know, with a product like Food Llama, it's designed so that it's easy for you to find products that fit your preferences. Yeah, I think I, th I think the other thing I'll, I'll just add to what um, Santiago said mm. is uh, on the bit around the supermarkets or the grocers themselves. Yeah. They're primarily in the business of supply chain, and yeah. they do yeah. they do an amazing job because yeah, yeah. getting food from one delivered place to another, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a real nightmare, right? It's yeah. a real nightmare, and they do a good job of that. And the, but the product, the process of product discovery of you finding what works, or you trying mm. something new. It's not totally something yeah. that excites the supermarkets, literally. And so that's why we took it upon ourselves to kind of, <laughs> what if we reimagine the process of food discovery, particularly on the web or online? Yeah. And that's why we, we, we took the approach. And you're asking a question in terms of like the beta's launch on Asda. Mm. While we are starting out on Grosser, the big picture for us is bigger than that, yeah. right? We, 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 we try to think of the process of eating food as a three-step process. Yeah. There's first the part where you're researching, whether you're researching, whether you've got nut allergies. So an example would be um, the, one of our users who connected us to you, connected us to you and said, oh, I mean, I, I followed Daniel on Facebook. <laughs> if Daniel says there's this product that is free from, I'm going to actually go get that product. I think it's a trust as well. And I, I think it's so important. Um, I think with anyone, I mean, you're in that position as well where people follow you for... Yeah. who you are and like they trust your opinion the last thing you don't want to do is like lose that trust and i think the thing what i really liked about food llama is like it's a product so it's a service i would use and like i use it now when i do my to shop online and like it does make it so much easier to distinguish right i can have this or i can't have that find it and like then you see the little may contain label in it yeah. it's quite hard to like go through all the different tabs because usually it's not very clear like you've got to like scroll through like the web page it just makes it a lot easier yeah. you know it's too difficult to find the food that you can have it's a little bit like, well, I guess back in the day, you know, you had Blockbuster yeah, yeah. and you'd have to go and search through Blockbuster for a film you wanted to find. And it would take absolutely ages. But then Netflix came along and suddenly you had films recommended to you. It's a little bit like that. We sort of know the food you want to have, but we also know what you can have. And we, we combine those those sort of two sources and we find the food that, fit, that fits for you and that we find the food you'll love. Is there much competition out there at the minute or is it is it just food llama? <clears throat> there are a few other players doing this, right? Yeah. Um, but they're approaching this in different ways. Yeah. I think what makes us stand apart or stand out mm. is the approach we've taken to helping you find food. We take it from the point of food discovery. Yeah. Many, many of the competition, and I won't mention any of the brands, but yeah. many of the competition out there the way they take they approach it is trying to restrict you or help you. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is this this is something that has an allergy. Yeah, we think that the conversations around allergies kind of need to morph. Right? It's it's not necessarily a restriction. Mm. It's just a preference. Right? It's a preference that 
um, um, in a sense, it, it kind of li limits you, but you, it limits you because of the current systems of food discovery. So what if we unlock a different world of discovering food for you? What if, and I, I think one of the things, one of the case in points mm. is during COVID, right? Uh, things that happened during COVID where supply chain was disrupted, yeah. your favorite brand, for instance, suddenly yeah. was no longer in stock. Yeah. And that would have been a real nightmare if you've got mm. allergies because now the the and you said it at the beginning if you have stuck with a particular product now you are forced to say oh what else can i get yeah. that is available and that can be challenging uh, and, and i think even though it was COVID then now what is even changing the conversation is things around the rising price of groceries mm. right so everyone is saying i've got allergies uh, i've got preferences but the rising price of food and you're thinking can I get cheaper? Like free from food is exactly like, oh, it's more yeah, yeah. exactly so can i get something that's cheaper yeah. but still works for me and that process it's a nightmare if you use the current system yeah. of finding food yeah. and that for us is the excitement yeah. i mean the, the current system is all about you know oh you can't have this avoid this avoid that yeah, yeah. we're about showing you new things you can have so yeah. it's discovery and sort of opening up your world world like opening your than, eyes in it exactly rather than telling you shut them yeah yeah, yeah. and then, I mean, at the minute obviously it's free you're going to try and keep it free or absolutely is, yeah, yeah yeah for the for the i i think i could speak to that a bit for the longest time um we believe that it will always be free yeah um because we recognize that the more we help users discover food, mm -hmm. the more opportunities that we can use to, to monetize, right? Yeah. And, and monetizing for us in the future, still a long-term play, still a future yeah. play. Yeah. Um, because if we think about it as of today, it's almost like what happened in the fashion world. In the fashion world in itself, yeah. brands would make clothes and force it down your throat. But yeah. right mm -hmm. now, there's a lot more conversations around consumers actually pulling out the clothes from, 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 from brands themselves. So yeah. we're also thinking of this future where we can influence even our food brands actually manufacture food because sometimes the ingredients that is problematic can actually yeah. be swapped out. It's not, it's not that difficult, yeah. right? There's just mm -hmm. a lot of commercial or economics around that problematic ingredients. Mm -hmm. But the problem is the brands also don't know that this household or these consumers in their household, they've also got this thing. So if we're able to show that kind of data to yeah. brand and say, hey, you're making this product, but this one problematic ingredient is the most problematic, problematic ingredient for many of your users or many of your yeah, consumers. Yeah. Swap it out, and you would yeah. Yeah. suddenly see that a lot yeah. more consumers can buy a bigger SK, a bigger stockkeeping unit of your products, right? And therefore, they lower their spend on groceries. Mm. You, you kind of make life yeah. easy for for That's your consumers. Great. And I think I think with people with allergies as well, I think it sometimes takes a while to like build that trust up. But I think yeah. once you got that trust with the brand or the products or the service, then they'll keep like using it. And I think even I remember on my Instagram, when I find like a good restaurant, I always end up going back there every time. Like, and imagine it's the same, like yeah. when it's just getting people to like try it and see how helpful it is. Yeah. And after because, that, you know, yeah. We're, we're, we're creatures of habit. Yeah, yeah. When we have stuff that we found and we, we like it and we know it works. And, you know, especially if you've got allergies, preferences, intolerances, it's difficult for you to find new stuff. So we sort of stick with it. Yeah. But there's so much out there that we haven't tried. And, you know, before sort of Food Llama, didn't really know we could have. Yeah. But We're really excited to kind of see kind of the journey of kind of Food Llama. You do newsletters now as well to try and- We absolutely do. Every week, yeah. we've got a weekly newsletter. It comes out Friday morning from Emily. You get, you get an amazing food slash allergy punt. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah, it's a real yeah, highlight. It's a real highlight. Out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of it's one of the one of the exciting products we've also got a food lover. Yeah, it's a yeah. secret product, right? Because when everyone who signs up to the newsletter goes, oh, that's really that's that's really nice. That's a really good newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
I thought I signed up. Like they're not. I've, uh, I'll have to make, I thought I signed up, but then they're not come through yet. I'll have to make <laughs> You're missing out. Yeah, yeah. Missing out on yeah. all these. Like, <laughs> you should. You should. You should respond. Yeah. Remember the first time the podcast uh, my mate was like, "Oh yeah, like cashew next week," and I was like, "Yeah, you can't go. You can't go wrong with a good one anyway." Yeah, good one, you can't. I was going to ask as well. You know, with like Deliveroo apps and stuff, like mm. they don't really kind of show all the different. It's very hard to like show all the the, the allergens. I know yeah. some of them do it now. Yeah. So I mean, we'll, we'll be able to expand to stuff like you know Uber Deliveroo in the future. And I mean, the more users we have, and the more the more members we have in our community, the better the product because the more we can sort of build it. Um, but you know, what we would be able to do is, of course, you know, you've got those sort of you know mum and pop. Yeah. Uh, restaurants which don't really publish their ingredients they've got the secret sources yeah, yeah. but you know the big chains Wagamama you know yeah, all, all of those Pizza company, Hut yeah. those sort of things they publish their ingredients so yeah. we'd be able to help in, in that in that journey as well and actually one, one other thing I'm quite excited about is in the future we can even expand to recipes so yeah. you could be on BBC Good Food or you know Good Eats yeah. you could find a recipe you really really love but without limiting yourself to recipes that, that are just yeah. have ingredients that, that work for you you could just, you like the look of a recipe. It could be, you know, some, some amazing chewy chocolate cookies. Yeah. You can click add recipe to basket and we'll automatically substitute the ingredients yeah. that you can't have for similar ingredients that do work and that have the same sort of cooking consistency yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it just makes consuming food, looking for food, shopping for food, really a seamless journey where, where it wasn't before. Yeah, it just makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it takes that stress away. It takes away. the hassle yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah. It takes a hassle because the amount of time you spend at the moment, if you've got people coming over for a party yeah. and you need to cook some food, the amount of hassle it is when someone says, you know, I've got a preference, I'm vegan, I'm gluten-free, yeah. it makes it really difficult. So the, the whole point about Food Lama, what we've really tried to do is we've tried to remove that hassle. Yeah. I don't know how long will, will it be into kind of launches in the other supermarkets like Tesco's, for example. Is that summit soon? Not long. Or is that not long. Yeah, yeah. So I I, <clears throat> I think the way the, the way the way we've approached it is mm. we can support gro many grocers, right? But it's very important that this this point about trust you raised mm. is something we try to solve for. We pay attention to that mm. in detail, but we can guarantee that very shortly we will support a lot more grocers yeah. in the UK first. Yeah. We also got plans on expanding Expand to other markets, to US, right? Yeah. So the US in itself. Um, but once we get past this very early days of beta and speaking to users and getting very clear yeah. feedback, mm. we will be able to support practically all the major grocers. Imagine like US is another kettle of fish. So, oh, yeah. that's it. That's, yeah. that's it. That's it. Big kettle of fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big kettle of fish. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'd be But what I what I'd really recommend to anyone um, listening is we're on Asda now. Give it a try. But actually, if you sign up we notify you whenever we bring a new grocer on board and whenever we're on a new grocer. So if you sign up now, you can be among the first to try out, you know, as soon as we're on your favorite grocer. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, if anyone wants to obviously check out, it's heyfoodlama.com. And yeah, you can download the Google Chrome extension. Like, do you know, do you know, like the, I was going to ask you in terms of like people using Chrome extensions, like what's the percentage of people on Google, does everyone use a Chrome? Is it, is it tricky? Did you see that thing I shared on the, on the Slack channel? No, I didn't. What, oh, what was no, it? There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a graph or a chart yeah. that shows the rise Break, of Breakdown Chrome of, yeah. And yeah. just beside it, there's an RIP for two, browser, two browsers. I won't mention their name, yeah. but literally, <laughs> they've declined. You, you can guess who the brow yeah, which browsers yeah. have declined. Um, yeah. I think as of today now, um, Chrome in itself controls maybe 80%, 70, 70 yeah. plus yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the market in itself. The closest is Safari from Apple. 
the others are uh, they've, they've just been on yeah. so it, yeah. it kind of makes sense for us so it that, makes sense yeah that's the that, place that is the place it yeah. should be like. obviously once you had the idea how do you go about then obviously like funding and, and making sure you've got the kind of right behavioral kind of behind you to make your reality kind of um a vision we sort of had to go through the whole fundraising journey and it involved reaching out to a lot of people and you know you got people who are really really excited about the idea and excited about where they thought we could go with it um so we're backed by some amazing you know uk founders founders who've sold their companies to snapchat to twitter uh, we're backed by one of the board members of Kraft Heinz, which is one of the world's biggest food manufacturing companies and you know he could see the problem and he really wanted to back sort of the solution yeah. to it and of course we're, we're backed by google now too yeah, yeah that's amazing yeah no, it's exciting to kind of see where it goes really in the next like, yeah. couple of years yeah. and get more people kind of on board and like I said it's uh, allergies but also like intolerances and, like, if you've got preferences, preferences all kinds of preferences like, yeah. Yeah. anything sure, like, any combination <laughs> yeah <laughs> it goes on but yeah